AWRI Decanted, a podcast from the Australian Wine Research Institute, where wine scientists reveal their latest discoveries and how they're being used by grape growers and winemakers. A vineyard amongst Australian native bush. It's an idyllic image, but it can also come with a flavour impact. And it all comes down to one of our best-known trees, the eucalypt. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and a person who's delved into this deeply is Dr Lee Francis, who leads up the AWRI Sensory Science and Flavour Research Teams. He is one of the pioneers of sensory science and flavour research in the Australian wine sector, and he joins me now in the AWRI decanted studio to delve into how eucalypts affect wine. Dr Francis, thanks for your time. No problem at all. Lee, I understand working at the AWRI was a dream job for you when you started pursuing a career in the wine sector. However, you didn't just stop when you landed a job there. You saw opportunities for applying sensory science to the industry. That's right. Yeah, I did a PhD, actually, early period of working at the AWRI and then did a postdoc period at University of California in Davis, working one of the leading wine sensory scientists at the time, Professor Anne Noble. And at that period, I think it was the right time to get into this area because this idea about having formal sensory science combined with flavour chemistry was quite new. And this area of running sensory panels, sensory science, was the first time it being used in Australia pretty much for understanding the role of different flavour chemicals, flavour compounds, and how people react to them and trying to do it in a very scientific way to get good information that was reliable and valid regarding people's responses to flavours. And so I really was establishing then a new sensory science group at the Edinburgh. Lee, eucalypts are arguably the tree that Australia's best known for. However, what sort of characteristics do they bring to a wine? Quite a lot of people, if they're seeing that sort of character, they'll often use the term minty. Winemakers will use the phrase minty probably more commonly than eucalyptus, but they're very closely related and it's sort of a camphor-like, menthol-like, minty eucalyptus character. It's um, fairly common in some regions of Australia. It actually can be seen in wines around the world. It's not unique to Australia. Eucalyptus trees are actually grown and planted all around the world, California, South Africa, Spain, Portugal, South America. So you will see that sort of flavour in wines from around the world. And the other aspect of it is that it's not widely obvious. You won't see it in white wines at all, or very, very rarely. And in red wines, we did a survey a few years ago looking at the incidence of this flavour compound across Australian wines. And there's probably only maybe 30% of wines that might have a detectable above the sensory threshold for that particular compound. So it's not super common, but when it is there, it's quite attractive character. And it's an interesting character because it actually is fairly stable in wine. A lot of flavours in wine can change over time, decline a little bit as the wine ages in the bottle. But that particular character is quite stable. It'll remain in the wine. So it can add quite a nice fresh character, intensity of flavour, which can be quite attractive in an older wine. So eucalypt is the source of it, but what's the pathway for it to the wine? So when we first started getting to this area, it actually came about through wine company inquiries. And in the period when we first started this project, there was a period of uh, eucalyptus plantations being invested in around the country. 
Uh, there was actually tax breaks for companies to plant eucalyptus plantations. And some of these plantations were planted next to vineyards. So previously, a vineyard that was established previously didn't have uh, eucalyptus trees nearby. And winemakers were concerned about the effect it might have on their flavour of their wine. And so some of the early investigations we looked at were if there were eucalyptus trees close to rows of vines, we could track the level of this compound across the vineyard. So the further distance away from the eucalyptus trees, we saw a decline in the flavour. The original thought was that it was the volatile compounds from the eucalyptus leaves called eucalyptol, which is the main aroma compound in eucalyptus leaves. It's also called 1,8-cineol. So this eucalyptol compound was thought to be aerially transferred, just the vapour coming across the vineyard and being absorbed onto the grape berry. So that was the original thought. And that did seem to be the case, that that was one pathway of getting the flavour into the wine, absorption onto the grape berry itself. But then we looked at more detailed studies and we could see that the amount of the compound that was present in the berries was relatively low compared to the amount that was on the grape leaves. And you can imagine grape leaves are quite large surface area compared to the berry. So that can act as a bit of a trap for the compound. Turns out if there's any leaves, grape leaves, that make it into the harvest bin, into the picking bin, and makes it through the winemaking process that you can extract the compound from the leaves. We also found in the grape stalks that that was a source as well. And then investigating a little bit further, we found that if there was a tiny bit of eucalyptus leaf material or eucalyptus bark that, again, happened to make it into the harvest bin, then that really had by far the biggest effect. That opened up uh, avenues for winemakers to be able to control it a little bit better. Yeah, I'd imagine that would be the key finding in some regards in terms of trying to manage that effect on a wine. But you said, though, it's still only 30% of wines, wasn't it? That's right. Like I said, it's a little hard to find one that is clearly eucalyptus character. Some winemakers will be very happy to have that sort of character. So when we are talking a bit before about uh, eucalyptus plantations being planted next to vineyards, the vineyard managers, the vineyard owners would be a little concerned because it would change the style of the wine. But other producers who would have that character long-standing in their wine, they'd be very happy to have it as a part of the distinctive nature of the character of the wine that it causes a point of difference to other wines. In regards to that point of difference, I mean, what's the research from consumers? What are their preferences? Yeah, we've done a few studies. Uh, One study we looked at adding the compound to a base wine, so a a fairly standard red wine, and adding that eucalyptol compound at two different levels. And overall, the consumers that we tested, there were more than 100 consumers, overall they preferred the wine with a little bit of eucalyptus character. But as always with consumer preference that not everybody likes the same wines as as we would expect. Then we can look at subgroups of consumers who prefer different wines within the group and something like 30% of people didn't like that character in the wine but 40% of people had a strong preference for it. So it really is generally well liked but not everybody will like it. In regards to your research, how then can winemakers apply your findings to reduce eucalypt characteristics in wine? So I guess the work that we did initially, we're looking at how far away from the eucalyptus trees there might be an effect of the eucalyptus trees. We found that, say, greater than 25 metres or 50 metres, the amount of the eucalyptol compound was vanishingly small, further than 50 metres away from the trees. So certainly keeping fruit separate, so 
uh, harvesting close to the eucalyptus trees and keeping that amount of fruit separate would be one way to minimise the amount of eucalyptus character. The other way is to be very careful about avoiding material other than grapes making it into the picking bin. So eucalyptus leaves particularly, but also grape leaves or grape stalks. And to do that, either using sorting tables, careful hand harvesting, or uh, there can be mechanised harvesters as well that can uh, try and avoid that material other than grapes too. And one of the interesting things about our, our work uh, when we were in the vineyards collecting samples for the studies that we did, we found that sometimes eucalyptus leaves could actually be hidden within grape bunches as the berries are forming on the vine that a eucalyptus leaf might have caught in the canopy. The berries form around the leaf and it's very actually quite hard to spot the eucalyptus leaves as they're being picked. So just careful attention to looking very carefully to uh, any eucalyptus leaves that might happen to be hiding somewhere. It sounds like from what you were saying though, just a few leaves can have quite a significant impact. That's right. We found that uh, yeah, if you just had a few leaves and you could do some calculations to find out what level, the normal amount that we found when we were in a vineyard close to uh, eucalyptus trees, that if you had something like in a tonne of grapes, 68 grams of either bark or leaf material, which is really not very much, you would get a very large quantity of this compound ending up in the wine. So just, just a tiny amount can have a very big, big effect. Not quite a needle in the haystack, but not far off in some regards <laughs> when you're looking at that quantity. That's right. But it, it's quite reasonable that you can, without even being too particular, if you're just harvesting separately the rows closest to the trees and keeping that separate, that's quite a safe thing to do. But otherwise, you know, a bit of care in trying to avoid or minimise those other materials, the eucalyptus leaves particularly. In terms of the wine that has the eucalypt has the greatest impact on, it's red primarily, is it? That's right, pretty much exclusively red. We don't see it ever. We've done surveys, we've looked at wines, and we don't see significant quantities at all of the eucalyptus compound in white wines. And when we were doing our studies, it definitely was the case that skin contact in the winemaking process affected the level of the compound, which makes sense if you're thinking that aerial transmission from the compound being blown across a vineyard from eucalyptus trees, that uh, it's absorbing onto the surface of the grape berry. And during white wine making, when you press the grapes, you're basically just looking at the juice, you're not including any skin contact usually for most white wine making. Whereas red wines, you're extracting flavour from the skins so it makes sense that uh, during the skin contact period of winemaking with red grapes that you are extracting out the eucalyptus compound as well. Lee, where could those listening find out more about the research you've done? Yeah, I guess the best thing is to look at the Otterborough website. We've got uh, a fact sheet there which sort of uh, summarises what I've been talking about. And we've got an information pack that our library can provide. And there's links to the publications as well on that website. Lastly, Lee, for consumers looking to find wines that do have these characteristics, mm -hmm. any suggestions where they should look? Yeah, pretty much anywhere, as you might imagine, where there's eucalyptus trees close to vineyards, so forested areas. But I would say some tips would be in South Australia, Padthaway, Coonawarra, maybe Clare Valley, Langhorn Creek wines. You're more likely to find some examples. In uh, New South Wales, the Canberra district, you see that reasonably commonly. Not every wine, of course. And in Victoria, central Victoria, places like Avoca 
or Bendigo around those sort of areas, the Yarra Valley to some extent too. Dr Lee Francis, fantastic research associated so much with Australia but around the world thanks to our trees. Dr Lee Francis, thank you for joining me in the AWRI decanted studio today. That's fine, enjoyed it. The AWRI Decanted podcast is supported by Australia's grape growers and winemakers through their investment agency Wine Australia with matching funds from the Australian Government.